Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're getting near the end of the year, which means we're near the beginning of a new year. Today, we're going to talk about your real estate investing goals, how you can set up next year as your best year yet, right here on the Real Estate Guys radio program. All aboard. Registration is now open for the Real Estate Guys 16th Annual Investor Summit. Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning this year are sales legend Tom Hopkins, international developer Beth Clifford, the authors of Prosper, Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. And joining us live and in person for his sixth Investor Summit, Peter Schiff. And lots more to be announced. It all begins April 6, 2018 in Fort Lauderdale. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 16th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Don't miss the boat. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, co-host financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. It is the most wonderful time of the year. We're uh, thrilled to be at the end of the year, and most of it is because we're going to be around friends and family and all those wonderful things, but also it lets us look forward to a brand squeaky clean new year. This is my favorite time of year in terms of uh, kind of coiling the spring and getting ready to springboard into the new year. Uh, it starts to slow down a little bit business-wise in terms of just you know chasing your tail and being busily active, and you get a chance to reflect back on the year that's just passed, and you have a little bit of insight into looking at the new year and thinking about what the new year going to hold for me and how can I arrange myself to take the get off to a fast start and just really take full advantage of a brand new year and that that fresh outlook that you get at the beginning of the year so we thought it'd be a good idea to take this time and uh, do a show specifically about that how does a real estate investor take a look at where they've been where they're at and where they're going Exactly. And you're at a different place than the other listeners. So you may be brand new. We get a lot of folks that are interested in listening to our show and other podcasts on real estate investing because they haven't yet invested. Then we have lots of folks, many of whom we meet at events, who are doing the thing. They've got lots of real estate. They've got big plans and dreams. And what today's show is really about is some tactical steps you can take as you're beginning a new year. And you could listen to it this year, next year, the year after. Every year, it's a great time. You don't have to do it the first of the year. It's just an obvious time to really reflect on how's it working so far. So many people start their real estate investing career by accident or by default. They didn't sit down and write a business plan and think about strategies and markets and take stock of all their resources. They just bought a house. Yeah. Or they couldn't sell a house that they wanted to sell and they kept it as a rental. And lo and behold, it became one of their best assets. Or my favorite one, they knew a guy. Oh yeah, they knew a guy <laughs> who knew a guy. Another reason to buy a, a property. We're just talking about a good friend of ours who ended up in a real estate market that no one's ever heard of for <laughs> not a strategic reason about the market or even the type of property, but because he married a woman from that town. Yeah, there you go. And he decided he'd buy a lot of real estate there. And I think he's probably the number one land owner in the smallest town there is in Illinois. But anyway, uh, there's a, a, an old saying, which is, if you don't change anything, nothing changes, right? So not saying you have to change. You might be on the perfect path, but it won't hurt to spend a few minutes or even a few hours to just make sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I think you learn by doing. 
I th- nothing wrong. If you're action oriented and you went out there and just dove in feet first and now you've got a year or two or three years of experience, it's a great time to just kind of take a time out and go, okay, knowing what I know now about myself, about what this experience was like. I mean, what kind of an investor am I? I thought I wanted to be hands-on. I thought I wanted to do flips. I thought I wanted to do C-class. I've gone through all that. And after doing all that, I said, you know what? Having done that, it was a great experience. I don't regret it at all, but I don't want to do that again. Now I want to go do something else. Other people, just the opposite. So I think, you know, either you're going to be an active investor, you're going to actively run your deals, you're going to go out there and scout markets and you're going to shop for properties, you're going to make your deals, you maybe even going to do your own property management and all that stuff. Or maybe you're passive. Maybe you're a high income earner. Maybe you dabbled a little bit so that you could kind of learn the language and know how the game is played so you can talk to people, but now you don't want to do it anymore. That's kind of the metamorphosis I went through. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be hands-on anymore. I just want to put my money to work through other people. And my, my work now becomes picking people, not properties. You know, it's funny. It's the time of year where people watch football. And I'm not much of a sports guy. And I know you're a bigger sports guy. And you probably watch less football today than, than I watch. But I, not that I watch a lot of football. But one thing I've noticed is that a lot of guys who coach used to play. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, right? Your life as a football player or any athlete or in a lot of businesses is only so long. And after that, you get to a point where you still have the knowledge, better wisdom, and you can put that to use through coaching. It's like that for many real estate investors. They get to a point where they've done a lot of it and now they shift. So we don't know where you're at. And so the first thing we're going to do is remind you of this concept called zero-based thinking. And here's what that means. Knowing what I now know, would I make this decision today? Let's start with your portfolio. Looking at the property in your portfolio, pick one. Knowing what you know now, would you buy that property today? If the answer is yes, right on. You're doing the right thing. For many of us, me included, the answer is, well, no, because I was a different person when I made that choice. One of the downsides of real estate is it isn't so liquid that you can just cut and run every time you think you made the wrong decision or picked the wrong market because of the costs of turn and all those kinds of things. Well, I think in the experience all kind of goes in a blender too. And so you have to be careful. I think you you not only want to ask yourself, would I do that again or would I not do that again? But I think you want to go layer deep, which is to ask yourself why or why not? I mean, really, that's where the lesson is going to be. Because, and, and when I talk about it being in a blender, you've got a property, but a property exists in a market. And then a property is performing according to whoever's managing it and whoever's occupying it. And so it could be, hey, I would do this property again, but not with this manager. Or I would do this property type again, but not in this market. Or I, th- everything's great, but you know what? If I had to go back and sign this long-term lease again, I wouldn't have signed it with this person because knowing what I know now, I would have underwritten that differently. I would have seen the risks of uh, with the credit risk or whatever whatever experience you're having. So just remember when, when you say to yourself, hey, I wouldn't do that or I would do that, whatever the answer is, ask yourself why and then dig down a little bit and then parse it out into the property, the people involved in the marketplace. And then that'll help you make better decisions in each of those areas going forward. Which is our whole goal today for your real estate goals is to have you make better decisions going forward. And it seems intuitive that as we progress as real estate investors, we're going to avoid making the mistakes we've made in the past and make completely new mistakes instead. (laughs) Brand new mistakes, fresh, (laughs) fresh mistakes. That happens for sure. But the first part is that knowing what I now know, would I, and then why? That's huge, huge stuff. And, And then from there, now your mission is to take stock. 
What are you currently happy about that, that you're doing? What are you wanting to change? And your team. And we've talked a lot on this show about who your team is and so forth. We're not going to rehash that. But you have a team around you whether you know it or not. You have a team around you. Some are vendor relationships, some are partner relationships, some are just, you know, you getting together occasionally and, and brainstorming, whatever it is. Take stock of your team. And you have a great exercise you do with folks on this, Russ. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you, you think like going back to football and you kind of have your depth chart. So you've got all your positions. You have to figure out who all your positions are. And you, you think of your typical transaction. There are a lot of people involved. Some of those people you get to pick. Some of those people are picked by the people who you're working with that you pick. And others are just people that you're dealt. You know, it, It's just whoever is in the transaction for whatever reason, the people on the other side of the transaction or people who are in, involved in some peripheral way. The idea is that you, when, you're, when you're sitting down, you have to ask yourself, okay, do I have everybody need the position? And then where are they on a scale of one to 10, right? With 10 being perfect, uh, you know, one or zero just being absolutely horrific, right? Where are they? Most people are going to be somewhere in between. And then again, as we just said, the question you ask yourself is, well, why are they there? What, what makes them at least as however high they did? What do I like best? And then what's missing? I mean, if I could get them to be a 10... What would I want to change? What would I want to add? And then the big question you have to ask yourself is, do I need to switch the person out or can they improve? It's it's awfully hard to go start a new relationship. I'm not all about starting a new relationship if a current relationship can be salvaged. At the same time, you don't want to be always working on salvage jobs. You want to have the A team, you know, so you want to have people that are self-starting, self-improving. But to do that, they need feedback. And so it's this dialogue process, great time of year to start to begin to have these self-assessments yourself and then going out and having the conversations. And I actually would start with your highest rated team members, your eights, nines, and tens, and ask yourself, why are they eights, nines, and tens? Because again, through your previous concept, it depends on where you're sitting. Your number nine CPA could be number two to somebody else for whatever reason, their communication style or the way they work, whatever it is. But if you have some team members that are rock stars, Figure out why. What is it you really like about that person? Is it just because they're friendly and nice to you? Or do they do good work? Do they scare up deals for you? Do they have your back? Whatever those things are, that will allow you to do an even better job evaluating the ones that aren't so good. Now, if it's a two... And it's one of those team members you talked about, Russ, that you have no choice over. You know, it's the other person's inspector. Okay, don't spend a lot of time worrying about a team member that isn't within your ability to change. Right. Just move on. But if it is someone, say you've got, you're saddled with some legacy of a relationship that you've had for some time. Hey, this guy's done X for me for the last 20 years. Only on a scale of one to 10, I rate him a four. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Stop and say, why? What, what, why is he only a four? Or why is she only a four? And what would it take to get that person to a 10 or at least an, a, a nine? And that gives you some insight in two ways. One, about them, certainly their performance, but also insight into yourself. What makes a good team member for you and what do you need? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's like any relationship. It's, it's a two-person affair, right? You've got, you've got the dynamic going on. And sometimes it's a group dynamic. You know, one of the things we always do when we talk with team members is one of the requirements is how do you play with others? We want to know, do you play well with others? Are you the kind of big ego that's always got to be right? Or can you learn from other people? Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> you know, so, you know, what we're looking for when we're looking for a group of people that can play well together. I mean, you know, again, going back 
back to the sports analogy. So often you see the team that's got the superstar player and they have a hard time winning the championship. And then you see a group of guys that nobody is a superstar all by themselves, but together they're a championship team. Well, how well you play together is a real important part. And the other thing that's great is when you're looking for uh, additional information, sometimes you can take uh, someone who is an eight or a nine, uh, and maybe it's not from a technical reason. It's because of how they conduct themselves, how you get along with them, how, you know, something, something like that. And they can actually help coach up the other people in your team. And then absent that, when you've got to really replace somebody, the best place to go to get the referrals is you go to your A list. You go to your eight, nine, tens and say, hey, hey, I need somebody in this spot. And I need another eight, nine, ten in this spot. Do you know anybody? Because, you know, high performers tend to run with other high performers. And that's just a shortcut. Yeah, it's funny, too, when you actually do take a step and, and make a change on the team, right? The rest of your team often says, well, it's about time you got rid of that person. I mean, we all knew, and right? So have a dialogue with your team members. It isn't about throwing each other under the bus. Quite the contrary. It's about making sure everyone is working together. And this is a foreign concept to a lot of people in the real estate space. They don't think of it that way. They don't think they're on a team. In fact, the lender refers to the client as the borrower. That's what the lender calls you, the borrower. Because in their world, what are you doing? You're borrowing money. The realtor refers to you as the buyer, because what are you doing? You're buying real estate. The attorney and the CPA often re refer to you as the client. That's right. That's a little better, right? The client, better than customer at least. Yeah. But, but everyone has the their- patient. The, the patient. <laughs> the victim, the whatever it is, right? So think about who you have on your team that's working and build your team up. So that's the first thing is you practice zero-based thinking and next- Who's on your team? Because your team can make or break you. I tell you what, I've gotten to the point where I have very little ego when it comes to team. I would much rather have better, smarter, more capable, more committed, harder working people than me on the team. Now, those people are hard to find, but if you can, <laughs> yeah, but if you can find them, right? And this is part of your personal development as a real estate investor. I will tell you this candidly and hear this if you need to hear it. Too many real estate investors think it's all about them, they're the smartest person in the room, and look at me, aren't I amazing? Here's a reality, a dose of reality for you. You're nothing special. You're, you're somewhere because of, yes, your diligence and your hard work, but probably more so the team you've surrounded yourself with. The sooner you own that, the more rich your life will be. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that because one of the things that attracted me to real estate investing when I was in sales was that as a salesperson, I was always catering to my customer. And I thought, oh, I would love to be an investor because now I'm the customer and everybody's going to cater to me. And then I found out that my job really was to serve my team members and put them in a position to win, to serve my investors and give them an opportunity to make money. And that everybody in the transaction was somebody that I was there to help advance their goals. And I had to do that in such a way in a model, in a relationship where it advanced my goals as well. So the concept of service never goes away. And I think that a rookie mistake that I made, and I think a lot of people make that I see when they come into the business, is they do think that um, because they're the customer, they can just run around barking orders and and everybody's going to jump. You know, when you say jump, they say how high. And, you know, there is some of that because everybody's there to serve uh, you, but you're there to serve other people as well. And I think it's really, really important to, to remember that. So part of your review process is not only asking how you rate everybody, but also how everybody rates you and how you can be a better client. Because when you learn to become a better client, then you you actually get a better game out of your players and you get better support out of your players. And you can take someone from being a lower level player to a higher level player simply by you becoming a better client. 
We're talking about your real estate investing goals. We've got a new year coming, and let's make this your best year in real estate yet. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. No matter how you listen, we appreciate it. Tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys. Don't look now, but 2018 is on its way. And if you want that to be your best real estate year yet, then you got to spend some time thinking about your real estate goals. Obviously, we are big believers in goal setting. And what we're talking about today really happens after you figured out who you are. And so we'll talk more about that before we're done. But this is assuming, you know, I'm in point A and I want to get to point B. So we're going to talk about a lot today about getting from point A to point B with point B being that next level of investor. And it takes time. This is a, a marathon, not a sprint. So a lot to get done. Let's talk about your financial picture because we often talk about the seven essential investor resources. And I think this is a time to take stock of those as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, I, I look at things I spent years um, in the lending business. And so I would spend time looking at people's financials, helping them uh, optimize or prepare their borrowing power and always keep it where it needs to be. So from a practical standpoint, it's a great time of year to review your credit report and make sure you know where your credit is at and then meet with somebody who understands how credit works so they can coach you on how to uh, do maybe a few strategic moves to move your credit up to where it needs to be so you can borrow optimally. Uh, the other thing is you need to take a look at your sources of income, your documentable income, your documentable assets, the things that a lender is going to be underwriting you for, and you may need be able to make some strategic moves. So that's important to do that as as well. Uh, another thing to take a look at is your tax situation. This is a great time of year to make your last minute tax moves. Uh, you know, if, if there's a lot of people, and again, we know that there's some sophisticated people listening to the show and you're already doing these things, but this is for those of you who are just kind of new to the game and you just kind of rock along. You don't think about your taxes till about March when you're getting ready to hit that April 15th filing deadline, but you really need to be thinking about your taxes in the fourth quarter because there's moves you need to be, you need to make uh, as you're coming into the beginning of the new year. You want to get 
get those things on the books in, in the current year so that you get the tax benefit. And this year, with all the tax change on the horizon, uh, it, it might make a lot of sense to expense some stuff this year in the hopes that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket next year and you'd rather have pushed that income off into next year. So uh, these are all th- things to be thinking about because, again, I mean, depending on how much money you have to work with, these these are things that can make a substantial uh, difference in how much um, purchase equity or down payment you have rolling into other properties. Only other thing is, uh, I like to take a look at the portfolio itself, you know, your interest. So there's three things I like to attack in financials to try and free up cash flow that can be leveraged against equity to create some investable money. Interest, insurance, and taxes. Because those are three things that everybody pays for, that nobody wants to pay for. And your lifestyle, you know, the guys that say, oh, you know, instead of drinking your latte every morning, you know, drink some cheap coffee from a paper cup and just don't have a nice lifestyle or brown bag it and don't go out to lunch with everybody, you know, as a way to create your down payment. Well, okay, that's a way to do it. To me, it's like, you know, continue to live your life to the fullest and just cut the things out that you don't want to be spending anymore. And interest, insurance, and taxes are three that you can definitely go to work on uh, to say, how can I free up an extra $300, $400, $500 a month that I can then leverage through a mortgage into available equity on my balance sheet that I can turn into a down payment on a new property in a better market with better cash flows. So in all those cases, it's typically a team member we need to talk to. But let's talk first about interest. Right now, interest rates are pretty darn good, right? What's going to happen in the future with interest rates? Well, we still haven't got that crystal ball Experts predict they're either going to rise or decline. That's true. So one of those things is going to happen. But here's the great thing about being an investor. It's different than a homeowner who's just looking at how much of their paycheck is going to go to cover their housing expense. It's different than that. You can be a lot more strategic. And, you know, Russ used to do a course called Managing Your Mortgage for Maximum Net Worth. And and most people never thought about managing their mortgage, but it was really taking a look at this finance tool that we have, the ability to get loans on real estate on a global basis on our portfolio and decide what makes sense. Many people get to the point where they're Fannie and Freddie'd out and they quit buying houses. There are loans available today, and we've talked about these in the show, where particular lenders will bundle properties together and free up some of that qualification. It might be time for for that. Many times, investors who are just chugging along, a property's working great, I've had the same tenant for three years, they don't stop and say, wait a minute, could I get the interest rate down? Could I change the term of the loan? Now, the one caveat I will tell you is this. When you get that truth in lending statement, it shows the big, big number of all the interest you're going to pay over at your lifetime of the loan. And everyone laughs at that like, oh man, look at all that money. Here's the reality. When you're five years into a 30-year mortgage and you refinance, you just kicked a big old can down the road. And as we all know, in the early payments, you're paying a lot more interest and a lot less principal. When you just refi, 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 look at your total picture, not just your monthly cash flow. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I got to say this because a lot of people in the real estate business, they focus on finding the deal, which is important. And they focus on managing the property, which I think you can get someone else to do. And then you don't have to spend so much time on that. But the hardest place to get help that I found, and this is how I branded myself when I was was doing this, is that financial strategy. Your, your real responsibility as a real estate investor is to manage debt, equity, and cash flow. And inside that cash flow, you've got taxes in addition to the operating income from the properties, right, which your property manager or managers should be handling. And so the hardest part is trying to figure out how to be strategic in managing that debt equity and cash flow. But 
if you can find someone who can help you do that, boy, that, that's the person, you know, if I, if I said, you know, if I have to spend time trying to find somebody, I need to find somebody to help me do that because I can't tell you how many times back in the day we would, we would do these uh, analysis, we would do these projections, we show people the, the, through the strategic management of equity, how fast you could accelerate your equity growth if you optimized your equity. And people didn't understand how to do that. And of course, for a little while there, when nobody had any equity and no loans were available, uh, a lot of that talk, we kind of stopped talking about that because you couldn't implement it. But today, these days are back. There's a lot of equity out there. There's all kinds of loan programs available. And the key is finding that person on your team who really understands who can help you do that. So to me, uh, one of the things that I look at as an investor or you know, as a business person, just as I'm looking forward to the new year, assessing myself, it's like, what do I want to learn this year? What do I want to learn to get good at? What What's missing in my own portfolio of knowledge and education? And uh, you, if you don't have any background in financial strategy, the way to manage debt equity and cash flow strategically with a real estate portfolio, seek out training on that. Maybe we should put, maybe I should resurrect that, that seminar. Yeah, uh, maybe. It might be kind of fun. Could be time for that. So anyway, that's interest is going through your portfolio and saying, are there places I can change my loan so that I get a different interest expense. And you just have to look at that. Not saying you just want to automatically refi at a lower rate. There's a bigger picture than that. Uh, The second thing you mentioned was insurance. So let's talk a minute about insurance. When you have more and more property, your insurance picture is going to change. And there's certain of us that have property in many jurisdictions where we can't have a single insurance broker, which means you often have to manage multiple insurance relationships. So given that, how can we bring our insurance expense in line? Well, and there's a couple things too, is because it's not just about cutting premium. You have to be very, very, very careful. You buy insurance for a reason. And the time to find out that it's not working is not when you need it. Right. The time to find out is when you're evaluating your policies and making sure that the risks that you're exposed to, your policy will actually pay and evaluating your carriers, making sure that they're the types of carriers that are still financially sound. We just had some major, major, major disasters. And insurance companies are pretty sound ships, but there's not federal backing, you know. So you have to make sure that you understand that whoever's, you know, underwriting or, or backing that contract that says they're going to pay in the event of a claim uh, actually has a history of paying and has the financial wherewithal to do it. And so uh, when you go through a a major uh, insurance event, like we've had these natural disasters recently, it's probably a good idea to meet with your insurance company and and evaluate the company itself and make sure that you're you're with strong carriers, Uh, meet with your insurance uh, counsel and make sure that your uh, policies get reviewed and compared to the risks that you're actually taking. And then you want to optimize your premium, meaning that you want to get all of the coverage that you need for the minimum premium, not the minimum premium, because you can cut lots of coverages and get your premium down. Right. And that feels good right until you have a claim. So, so be very, very careful messing around with your insurance. Uh, but with that said, you know, you can talk to your agent about strategies for how to do it. It could be changing your deductible. It could be exempting yourselves from certain coverages that you feel when you look at your analysis is really not a viable risk or something that you're, you're generally exposed to. And the other thing too is um, part of your risk management is your cash reserves. When you have a small portfolio, 
portfolio relative to the property, you need probably a high amount of cash reserves. When you have lots and lots of units, the chances of everything going wrong with all your units all at the same time goes way down. And the amount of liquidity that you have to have actually begins to go down. It's an over, it's, it, the number goes up, but the, but the percentage of what it is over your whole portfolio goes down. A practical way to do that, and I've seen many investors do this, as they have more and more properties, they raise their deductible. Just because they have more ballast between those properties and that changes their premium. When you only have one property, right, then it's either make or break. Once you have a portfolio, you have to start thinking differently about well, it. Well, th- that's what I'm talking about. Insurance is self-insurance and then there's the insurance carrier and they're, they're both. So your cash reserves are part of your insurance mix. That's why I brought it up in the in the context of that conversation. So yeah, Rob, you're exactly right. So you know, what is available to you is going to depend on the individual carriers, the properties, the types of risks. So it's it's not a simple process, especially if you've never done it before. The first time it's a steep learning curve. But if you're serious about being in the business long term, then doing the work should yield a good result, which is great. But the first time you do it, just chalk up all that extra effort to education because next time you do it it'll be a little easier and every time after that it'll get a little bit easier the third thing was taxes we'll talk about that when we come back you turn to the real estate guys radio program we'll play real estate trivia next i'm your host robert helms real estate investment advice right in your mailbox sign up for the free real estate guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. 
Hi, this is Lawrence Yoon, Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and we're talking about your real estate investing goals as we gear up for a great new year. Whenever you may be listening to the show, it's always time to be expanding your portfolio. We'll return to that conversation after we play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's real estate trivia question. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you a question that has something to do with real estate, and you are going to rack your brain or rack the internet, whatever you want to do, and come up with the answer and then send it to us via email. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com is the address. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your full mailing address because we're going to send you a big old thick book that's one of our favorites by Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. One of maybe the lesser-known Rich Dad books, but a fabulous book that can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Last week, we were talking about peace of mind investing with John Larson, and we asked this, what's the most misspelled city in the United States? Well, the answer is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Who would have thought? Followed by number two, Tucson, Arizona, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. See, my money would have been on Albuquerque as number one. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. California's celebrated Hollywood sign was originally constructed back in 1923 as a massive billboard. Los Angeles Times publisher Harry Chandler erected the marquee to advertise his high-end real estate development. Here's what we want to know. What did the sign originally say? The sign we see today is not the original sign. What did the original Hollywood sign say? If you know or want to guess, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address so that if you're the first with the right answer, we'll send you a copy of Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. That's today's real estate trivia question. With the new year on the way, we're talking about your real estate investing goals and really taking a look at where you've been as well as where you're going. We're talking about the three places that uh, you want to focus on when it comes to bringing your expenses down and also making sure that you're adequately prepared. So we talked about insurance and interest rate. Let's talk about taxes. No one wants to pay taxes. And yet, like we've talked about a lot, we want to pay as little as legally possible, which assumes... We know something about tax law, and certainly our team is going to help us there. Yeah, obviously the tax law is changing. Which, by the way, is accurate no matter when you're listening to the show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Tax laws always change. But while we're recording, I mean, we're talking the first three decades, major major tax overhaul, at least in the United States. And so you've got that to contend with. And you should always be being up to date. A couple times a year, you should be meeting with your tax advisor. One of the big things that real estate investors have is they have their depreciation schedules. And so that's a form of um, tax that you, uh, tax mitigation that you may decide, hey, I'm ready to go move into a different property. Maybe you've never done cost segregation. And so you think, well, I'm, I'm going to do that because I can accelerate some depreciation. So if you're not familiar, we're not going to do a whole show on that. But just understand, cost segregation is something you want to understand. You want to understand where you're at in your depreciation schedule. Sometimes switching from one type of property to another can get you a better depreciation schedule. So that could be worth taking a look at. Property tax. Uh, some places, uh, you know, they, they reassess every year. And just it's standard operating procedure to go in and uh, protest or challenge the tax. And if you do that, typically you can get a little bit of 
relief. So these are all things that you can begin to do. And again, when your portfolio is small, it may not be worth your time and hassle. You say, well, you know, I might save 100 bucks, 200 bucks, but it's going to take me hours. But when you get a big portfolio, it starts to begin to get worth it. Well, and there may be things that you can deduct that you're not deducting, things that you do as a normal course of being a real estate investor. And then ultimately, you might be able to get to the point where you could be considered a full-time real estate professional in the eyes of the, the taxing entities. Now, that's beyond the scope of this show as well. But if you spend a considerable amount of time in your real estate investing businesses, it's worth looking into. Yeah. And so you, you and how you structure yourself, you know, you may you may decide to set up a management company and that you expense a lot of things like your health coverage and a lot of things get expensed. And that management company pulls enough fees off of your operating companies to cover all the expenses. And it's never, you know, they say, well, you're going to get double tax if you set it up like as a C in the United States, right? Yeah, but I get to write everything off. I can have a lot more generous program, health reimbursement. I can do all these more creative things. So, you know, don't just look at your tax rate, but look at your overall structure of how your business is organized. And and remember this, God bless CPAs, but most of them, not all of them, but most of them, in my experience, are not proactive. Right. You have got to come in there with ideas. Hey, could I do this? Hey, can I do this? And it's not even can I, it's how can I? Yeah. Well, you really can't do that. Well, if there was a way I could do it, what would that look like? I mean, you sometimes you got to work these guys. If you get someone who's proactive, great. Keep them. That's fabulous. But if you can, you know, you can find somebody who's willing to go do the homework when you give it to them and you can actually begin to train them a little bit, uh, that can end up being okay too. But my personal experience, both in financial strategy and in tax mitigation has been, it's worth your time. If you're planning on having a big portfolio, making a lot of money, it may not seem like it's worth it early. It's a lot more fun to make money than try to save taxes and, and do some of this structuring. But the bigger it gets, that's the reason these big companies have these big tax departments. You get to a point where it starts to make sense and the numbers and it just begins to be worth your time. And it's it's a compound knowledge. You may not get it perfectly the first year, maybe two, three, four years in, you'll really begin to understand. So it's kind of like trying to turn a, a losing football program around. You maybe aren't going to do it in a year. It might take two or three or four seasons for you to, to really get that culture going and get the system in place and everybody's hitting on all eight cylinders. But if you're in it for the long haul, and I hope you are as an investor, then it's a good investment to do so. So when you're thinking of tax, you're talking about your your structure and how you're expensing business expenses. You're talking about maybe income splitting and using different uh, entities and ownership structures. If you have family members or business partners, uh, you're talking about property tax mitigation. You're talking about depreciation schedules, cost segregation, accelerated depreciation, lots of things you can do with real estate and business from a tax perspective. If you're not doing these things, this is the time of year to start thinking about it. Real estate is arguably one of the best asset classes and investments there is is when it comes to tax benefits. And so understand those. It doesn't mean that you have to get under the hood and know every single tax law. In fact, you're probably wasting your time to do that, but you have to know enough and you certainly have to have your mind around the big picture and really invest some time getting educated here. Let's talk about another asset that's important, maybe a little more nebulous, and that is your time. We've talked about how we've changed our investment philosophy over time. And part of that is because the amount of hours we have in the day to put towards our portfolios actively 
by choice has gone down because we're doing other things with our time. And you may be at the point where you have to take a realistic assessment of how much time do you have? Are you at the end of your rope and your stress and your marriage because you're spending too much time on your real estate portfolio? Or do you have capacity? Is there extra time in your schedule? Because scouting new markets, finding new providers, changing out team members, analyzing properties, all of that takes time. Yeah, I mean, I start out just asking myself, do I own this business or does it own me? Yeah. And I can look at my calendar and I can look at my satisfaction level and I can look at my relationships and my health and I can usually figure out which way it is. And, and when I realize that I'm, you know, being led around by, you know, the, the nose ring, <laughs> if you will, uh, by, by the business, then that, that's my fault. And I have uh, the obligation and the opportunity to fix it. And it just starts with uh, a time budget. You know, you just keep a detailed time diary of everything that you're doing. And then I've said this many times, you take multicolored highlighters and you segregate it into different categories, things that you absolutely shouldn't be doing. And you just have to discipline yourself not to. You have to pick things that um, are easily and effortlessly delegated if you just will do it. And uh, they're lower level tasks that you really shouldn't be doing. Uh, and then you may have more complex tasks that you're doing uh, that are going to be a little bit more effort to find the right person and prepare to delegate. And uh, if they're critical tasks, then you have to ask yourself, when I'm no longer, you know, thumb on the pulse, my hands on the steering wheel myself, how will I know this is being done well? And those are key performance indicators. And these are all things you go through as a business person of uh, beginning to re organize yourself from being a one-man band uh, to actually having a team of people that you can hold accountable to specific results. Well, and I'm talking about a step even before that, which is if you are that one-man band just getting started, be realistic about how much time it takes. You can't assume I'm going to invest part-time on the side while I do my main gig and then discover that you just don't have enough hours in the day to learn what you need to learn, go where you need to go, meet who you need to meet, look at property, and you got to look at a lot of property, right? And then make an offer. I mean, all this stuff takes time. I'm just suggesting that you're realistic about it wherever you are. Yeah. Maybe you already have a few team members and you're ready to go to the next level, right? We sat down with Kenny McElroy in his office and he looked about the most relaxed we've seen him in, in forever. And he's got 350 employees. And it's not just because he's delegated everything. He's got a real clarity on the things that absolutely require his time and input and the things that somebody else is much better at doing than him. That's what we're suggesting. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the hardest process of going from being an S in the cash flow quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, the S being a self-employed, and then moving over to the B where you're the business owner and all the functions of the business are being taken care of by the team. And, you, you know, I call that critical mass. How do I get from where I am to critical mass? That's the hardest shift to make. And that's uh, a lot of it is just because who you have to become. You, you have to change who you are to be able to get those things off your plate. It's not easy. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you meet a guy who's achieved it like Kenny, I mean, he has a very nice life. He makes a lot of money. He has a ton of freedom. He's able to focus on things like health and relationships, uh, you know, but it's taken him years to get there. And, and the thing is, the, the challenge is, is if you don't start, you'll never get there. And then if you get halfway there and quit, you'll never get there. If you get 75% of the way there and quit, you'll never get there. If you get 95% of the way and quit. You'll never get there. So it, it takes a lot of fortitude and devotion uh, and skill to balance out all the pressures to get there. Uh, you know, we've had to do it and I'm going through it right now, you know, and it's it's a challenge, but it's a fun challenge if you recognize it for what it is. And that's a whole skill set. We talked earlier about, you know, assessing yourself. Where am I at? What do I need to learn? Like e by Michael Gerber. 
Oldie But a Goodie. Yeah. It's a great book about how do you go from being a one-man or one-woman band to actually building a prototype of a franchise where everything runs and produces a predictable profit. Which, by the way, he says in his book, doesn't mean you're going to have a franchise or have a second office or any of that. But if you built your business in such a way that it were to be the model for a thousand more just like it, you'll approach it differently. Well, you said at the top of the show, Robert, zero-based thinking, right? If I didn't already own this business, would I buy it? And, right. and Gerber's uh, contention is if you're not selling it, you're buying it. You are buying it. You're buying it with your blood, sweat, and tears on a daily basis. We're talking about continuing to build your real estate investing business in a brand new year and setting some goals for 2018 or whatever year is about to happen when you're listening to this program. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you achieving everything you want in life? What if there was a time-tested way for you to get everything you've dreamed of? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You too can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Create Your Future, the 2018 Goals Retreat, January 5th to 7th in beautiful Lake Las Vegas, Nevada. This unique weekend event has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click events or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2018 Goals Retreat on the first weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com to register. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years could be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. For more information, qualified accredited investors should email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. Email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. For more information, email coconuts at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, this is Phil Collin from Def Leppard and Delta D. You're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, and thanks for tuning into the show. We're so glad you're here, and we're so glad that a brand new year is coming. In fact, you should join us for the 2018 Goals Retreat. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but it's coming up very soon, the first week of the new year. Always excited to be starting a new year with all kinds of goals and areas of our lives, not just real estate. Today, we're focusing on the things that you could be thinking about at the end of the year as you approach a new year and setting new real estate investing goals. And uh, let's talk a little bit about as we expand as real estate investors, we're either going to stay on the same path we are as far as product type, market type, demographic we serve, 
or we're going to change that. We might decide to add something else or change or make a shift. And one of the things I know we wanted to talk about was this idea of um, the analysis that you do when you're looking at a property and the difference between that and actually pulling the trigger and getting it done. Well, so I think the distinction that I'd like to make here is the difference between analysis and underwriting. You know, if you hear the term underwriting a lot, and if you really don't know what it is uh, in the context of analyzing deals or portfolios, then you may just do some math and think that you've underwritten it. And so I have a real simple way I remember it. It's when I learned it in the mortgage business, you know, if you take an application from a borrower and they tell you, this is how much money I have, this is how much money I earn. Okay. That is an analysis. And I can do the math based on their representations and tell them whether they qualify. But when I turn that into underwriting, what they're going to do is they're going to validate those inputs. They're going to double check the math. Yes, that's part of it. But they're going to make sure that the math, the numbers, the source numbers have a basis in reality. And so when you're looking at a deal or when you're reevaluating a market, it's you can say, oh, well, I read in the paper that this is going on or I heard on the news this or that or the other thing or I found this on the Internet. OK, that's interesting. Uh, but, you know, if I'm underwriting a deal and somebody says, well, this is what the property tax is, I want to go to the most authoritative source I can find to verify what that is, to make sure that number is a valid input. Somebody says, well, this is what the rents are, and I'm underwriting the deal. Of course, if you already own the deal, it's easy because you know what the rents are. You've got the leases. Uh, But there are techniques that you can use when you're underwriting a deal that you're getting ready to approach. Same thing with a marketplace. You know, they say, well, I saw an article that said that uh, this many people moved into such and such a town or whatever. I mean, again, these articles are written by reporters. Reporters are fallible human beings. I always want to go to the source document. Who's the most authoritative source uh, for that particular financial input. So I'm not going to belabor the point because we could do a whole show on it. Just understand that when someone hands you a pro forma or you're looking over your own numbers, there's a difference between a set of financials and audited financials, okay? Audited financials are underwritten. So when you're underwriting a deal, you want to make sure that the key inputs are validated by third-party credible sources, as credible as you can get to make sure they're accurate. Analysis is just doing the math. It's easy to do the analysis on your own stuff then again, depends on who's preparing the books for you. You want to make sure that you're looking at numbers when you do the math, that you're actually doing math based on numbers that have a basis in reality. And here's why we're bringing this up during this program on setting your goals for the new year. It's because you already have a portfolio, most of you, and you make assumptions about it every day. You picked the market at the time. Say three years ago, you went into Marketplace and you did the research and you did the verification and the underwriting, but things have changed. That's right. So if we're going to really practice zero-based thinking, we have to look and make sure It's still what I thought it was. Same thing with team members. Oh, this guy's been a great property manager forever. Well, except the last six months. Is that just a wrinkle? Is that a shift, right? So that's the whole part of zero-based thinking. Now, I think the bigger topic, and maybe we should have started with it, but I think it's just as poignant at the end, is don't spend a whole lot of time working on getting from point A to point B if point B isn't really where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you talk about climbing the ladder of success and beating your chest on the rooftop, but you look around, you realize I'm on the wrong rooftop. Happens all the time. I climbed the wrong ladder. And and, and so we can get so caught up in the doing, we can get so caught up in the activity that we forget the destination or we start out charting our destination when we're young and we commit ourselves to an outcome and we never come back three years, five years down the road and say, am I still headed in the direction I want to be headed? 
Right. Because by the time you realize there's a problem, it's usually because you're running into a brick wall. And so, you know, and especially if you want to accelerate your success, the faster you go, the further down the road you've got to look. The bigger the commitments you're going to be making, the more important it is you really think through all of those consequences. So, it, you know, when you're when you're training your body, athletes have figured out recently in the last couple of decades the importance of training their core. Everything comes from the core, the hips, the abdominals, the core, all strength emanates from the core. Well, if you can think about your personal mission, vision, values, like as the roots of a tree or your core in your body, all of your strength, all of your nourishment, all of your growth is going to come out of your mission, vision, and values. And then you set goals based on living out those mission, vision, values. If you just set goals because somebody else got you excited about their mission, vision, values, that's where you end up on the wrong mountaintop. You climbed a mountaintop, a worthy mountaintop, just not yours. And so that's what I love, Robert, what you do every year at the Create Your Future event, where you take people through that process. It's very beginning of the year, two and a half days. We open up on Friday night with the reflection reception. We sit there, we just, the only conversation allowed is to talk about your past year. You don't talk about the future. You just reflect back and it begins to get you thinking about where you've come from. Then we go into that evening session and you begin to take people through this breaking free from the daily grind and forgetting all of the stresses and all of those fast twitching, you know, things that are going crazy in your mind to keep you up at night and just taking you away and forgetting, like going to a movie, you forget where you are. And then you kind of get so absorbed in going through the the deep dive into your psyche and your questions. And then for the next two days, just pulling out those missions, this vision, those values, and then beginning to say, okay, now that I'm there and I'm kind of in touch with my core, how do I implement a life that is going to make more of this real? How can I take it out of my imagination and bring it into reality? And that that's what the Create Future event is about. Whether you do it, you know, I've never seen anybody do it better than you, Robert, but you know, if you're listening to this and you missed it or whatever, I, it changed my life. I mean, you know, to have the opportunity to do that. And I just did it with, you know, a Sony Walkman in a in a hotel room when I was at a point of being very vulnerable. A Sony Walkman, a small device like think yeah, of yeah. an iPod that would play uh, audio into yeah, your ears. Yeah, watch the, you'd watch the cassette tape go around inside it. But but the point is, is I was at a place in my life where I was desperately trying to reinvent myself and I didn't know how to do it. And the guy on the tape coached me through that process. And it was, you know, one one hundredth as effective as what goes on in two and a half days at Create Your Future. But I learned from that experience how important it was. And I completely, I, I quit the business I was in. I shut down what I was doing. I went on a 10-year journey of figuring myself out. And then I finally did find my mission, vision, values, and I built a life around that, much happier now, making a bigger dent in the world in a way that matters to me. And I wish that everybody listening to this could find that. And I think say, if, if you still have time and you, you haven't already signed up, I, I would seriously uh, highly recommend that you take a, a look at the Create Your Future event. Create Your Future. Just go to realestateguysradio.com, click on events, you'll see Create Your Future. If if it's passed and you've already missed the 2018, then get on the list for 2019. Uh, but you definitely want to make sure that you do this as part of your uh, preparation for building your life. Because if you don't get the mission, vision, values right, all the tactical stuff uh, could it land you on the wrong rooftop. Most people invest in real estate because of the lifestyle it can afford you. Make sure you've designed that lifestyle first. So we'd love to have you at the event. Come on out and spend uh, two and a half days with us in Lake Las Vegas, Nevada, the first weekend of the year. The big message today is just to take stock. Look at where you are so far. Take a minute and congratulate yourself for what you've achieved. Even if you've never invested in property, what you've achieved 
is you've got your ears open. You're listening to the show. You're reading books. You're getting educated. Hopefully, you're getting around the right people. And then take a breather. Great time of year to do that. And step back and take a look at some of the things we've talked about. Do you need to review your policies? Do you need to find new team members? And then really make a compelling plan for 2018 because your goals will drive you. And if you get excited about your life and then get excited about what real estate can do for you, there really are no limits. Hey, thanks for listening today. Can't wait till next week on the program. And until then, go out and make some equity happen. Hello, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and I'm very excited that I'll be joining the real estate guys for their investor real estate summit at sea. Join me, join my friends, join the real estate guys, investor summit at sea, and I'll see you out there. Thank you very much. This episode of the real estate guys radio show is brought to you by paradigm life, powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid South home buyers, low cost turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee, corporate direct, Asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.